0: Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we're gonna be talking about all kinds of things from the MCU. We got stuff about the Marvels, we got stuff about Echo, we got stuff about Loki. We had a ton of Loki feedback a while back, and today I tried to I tried to search through and find some sweet, sweet nuggets of cool feedback that uh, we wanted to cover, um, and uh, that we still have waiting around. So lots of cool feedback today. Me and Ashley are gonna get on it. We'll be right back after this. <music> Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll.
1: And I'm Ashley Coffin.
0: Ashley, how's your week, my friend?
1: It's good. It's good. I'm sore from bowling, so I decided to make some life choices and start not coming home and just sitting down. I'm like, go for a walk or something. I don't yeah. know. Cuz it's like when you do an activity like that and you're like, "Oh, wow. I am not in any form of shape."
0: <laughs> Dude, bowling is deceptive because like it fe- you know, what's the, the like stereotype of a bowler is like an older like chubby dude like that's just like the stereotype <laughs> it's like yeah my grandpa bowled all the time you know cuz i think it's like a thing where guys could go and drink beer and like it's just a stereotype we all have in our heads but then you bowl and you're like oh my gosh my body hurts so bad because like it just it's not that it's hard it just uses muscles that are you never use like yeah. i never turn to the side and swing mm-hmm. a, a, like a 14 pounds ball like, it, it's, it feels like, uh, it's heavier, like, I don't know. My, my fingers are also huge, and I don't have my own ball. So, like, mm. I always have to use, like, the, there's only, the only, like, 14 to 18 or whatever, like, size balls even fit on my fingers. So, I have to do that, and that's no fun. Yeah,
1: please. I'm, like, an eight. I was like, do you have those little kid balls before? <laughs>
0: I'll
1: take that.
0: <laughs> they put a duck pin bowling alley uh, at our, at, at, in Birmingham. Have you ever seen that?
1: Is that like what they put the things up for the kids or?
0: No, duck pin bowling is like a specific type of bowling. I don't know if it, huh. I don't know if it like predates bowling alley, like the, the regular kind you think about or if it's like, it looks like it would predate. Like it's, the pins are smaller and you hold like a little ball. It looks like a ski ball almost. Like you just mm, hold a little ski ball and you roll it down and it's, it's apparently harder from I don't know, mm. whatever. But uh, the 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 reason it's really clever is they can do it in the cities. It's becoming popular in cities because the al- the the actual lanes are half as long. So oh. you can, like, use a lot – you can use your space more efficiently. So in the city, it's, like, places can be like, yeah, we're a bowling alley, but it's, like, only half the space, you know. It's pretty
1: cool. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah,
0: that's they did. Cool. They had one in It was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. Plus, when you're drinking, like I was, you don't even realize how much, you know – how long we played for like three hours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, keep bringing those beers. I'm a superhero. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Drink it or not, if you're having fun, it, like, it really gets to you, like you could just get lost in something. A few years ago, I had a, a VR headset and it was really good for me exercising because I'd wake up every yeah. morning and play VR. And I just, I was like, you know what? I need an excuse to do a lot of cardio in the mornings or whatever. So, like, I went and got a VR headset and, like, I justified it, I guess, with, with saying it was for exercise, which that's all I've used it for so far is, like, playing Beat Saber. and um, Yeah. It's been great. It's been awesome. But my shoulders are absolutely killing me because, like, I just get in the moment and I'm having fun and I'm, like, singing the song and, like, slicing yeah. these, like, blocks and then uh, – My shoulders just started like radiating pain when I stop, and I'm like, "Oh gosh, I gotta pay. I gotta like pace myself." But while I'm getting back into this,
1: yeah, because then I hate when you start working out and then you it just hurts, and then you can't you physically can't work out for like two or three more days. Yeah, exactly. You have to let it sit, and I'm like, ugh. Exactly. Going up the steps is going to suck tomorrow, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the last few years, I've set a goal that I would do eleven thousand minutes of some type of exercise. It doesn't have to be extreme; it could just be walking. It could be playing Beat Saber, or whatever. Just eleven thousand minutes, which is about thirty minutes a day. And I yeah. haven't reached that goal any of the years I've set it, but I've like made, it always like <laughs> motivates me to get close to it, you know. Uh, but this yeah. year, I'm like, I can do it. I don't have a lot of traveling to do this year. I'm a lot more at home. Like, I can do this. And uh, so, yeah, I'm trying to get caught up. But every time, I, like you said, when I hurt myself, I'm like, dang, I'm, I'm falling three days behind. I got to figure out how to, like, do extra minutes on other days.
1: Yeah, it's it's a rough. It's hard.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well today um there's not really any real big m c u news going on um they're really they're really in like a lull right now um for all the news honestly um we we're we're preparing for uh multiverse news uh that we're recording tomorrow and it's like uh there there's a few big things but like it's it's a light it's a light week yeah of course we always think it's gonna be a light week and then we hear then we go on and it's like a two-hour episode or whatever because <laughs> suddenly there's just a bunch of stuff that drops. So who knows? Tomorrow may be a huge news day. But um, yeah. Uh, so no real Marvel news. So we're just gonna dive in on some feedback. Um, let's do it. I, I went through, like I said in the intro, and like pulled out some that just seemed cool from like all over the feedback that we had left over from Loki and Echo. I always feel bad we don't get to anyone's feedback, but like we get too much to get to it all. So on a week like this, it's like yeah, let's get back to some of those that like were really interesting that we just never got to talk about.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Eric Kapaz, one of our patrons, says, Hello, Jam. Uh, I just <laughs> listened to the last cast where you were talking about what kind of movies you want in the MCU. And I think I have the perfect idea for a movie for Ashley. Ooh. It is essentially one of the episodes of the X-Men animated series, but turned up on every level. A body horror Period Piece where we see the origins of Mr. Sinister. It takes place in the 1800s and starts out as just Nathaniel Essex studying genetics and he finds out about mutants, likely at a carnival freak show. He wants to understand them and he kidnaps them and runs experiments on them, including things like dissection and vivisection. Over the course <laughs> of the movie, uh he begins to experiment on himself and you see very small changes occur uh, to his looks as, w- as the movie progresses. Toward the end of the movie, he becomes the full sinister that we see in the comics and the cartoons, uh, with the white skin, black hair, red eyes, and sharp teeth, etc. In this episode of the cartoon, an ancestor of Charles Xavier is an opposing force uh, to his mania, And I don't like that idea for a movie. Uh, Perhaps the police in London are looking for him, and as he is a respected doctor, they might enlist his help trying to find the killer, and he becomes sinister just as they figure it out. Uh, He could also be conflated with Jack the Ripper in the movie. (laughs) What do you think, Ash? Ash?
1: yeah I mean, that's really cool if they like I know what episode he's talking about too, so it's a fun little take on that. and if they did like a cronenberg style
0: oh yeah body
1: armor, I would be very into that. I think we would be a niche group that would be very into that, <laughs> but I would still really like to see it.
0: There's the thing is like you could and they, they've they've shown that they're willing to do some more niche content over the last few mm-hmm. years, and like you could absolutely do a like actually, I think it'd be really successful. If you came out with an MCU movie, like, this is a Marvel movie, but, like, branded it, like, this is not for children. Like, you were really clear in the branding, like, this yeah. is absolutely not for children. Do not bring children to this. This is a body horror movie. Like, this is not for kids. This They won't need to see this movie to understand the next Avengers movie, but the kids do not need to come to this. And, like... I think that would actually drive a bunch of adults to go see it, yep. as well as a bunch of 13 year olds who would absolutely be like, I'm in. Yeah. Let's, 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 let's sneak into this one.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Begging their parents for permission or whatever.
1: I remember we were in Disney World. I was 16 and we were, it, it was like trying to get cigarettes outside of a store. We were, it was Blade. Blade had just come out mm. and we were asking every group of people who were going in because I was on vacation with my friend and his parents left us to go to Pleasure Island. They're like you're 16. Go have fun. I was like, well, so we finally some people said yes, and they thought it was adorable. But we were like, can you please get us tickets to go see Blade? of kick at it without our parents, and they didn't buy us tickets.
0: So funny. But
1: yeah, it was fun. But yeah, I love that. Yeah, I like it. Good, good, good call, Eric. That is exactly the kind of movie I
0: want. It's it's a good call. It really is, and it and I really do think it would just like kill at the box office because oh yeah there's so many adults in these movies and if it's dark enough and interesting enough like if you made i don't know like the way I, this is stupid and not this tone and not this director uh, or whatever but like as he was describing it it made me, it reminded me of tusk
1: oh yeah like, wasn't that kevin smith yeah it was
0: kevin smith Love yeah, Kevin this. This would be right
1: up his alley. Yeah, you
0: know what? Honestly, he would be amazing. <laughs> like, yeah. I was going to say. Body horror? That. Yeah. Well, yes,
1: but like Marvel, X Men, he loves it, man. He does. I loved listening to his podcast after Endgame. He was crying for me. Oh, yeah. I was like, he sounds like us.
0: Dude, yeah, he's he's uh, Fat Man Beyond, th- that podcast. If you don't know it, um, it's really, really fun. And if you're a fan of Kevin Smith from like the 90s movies and stuff, it's just cool to hear a guy that you you knew he was a fan of all this stuff because the way he wrote his movies, but like hear him just geek out about stuff is fun. Um But yeah, actually it, like the more I think about it, I was thinking about Tusk and like, but but no, I need a more serious director, but no, it would be kind of great if no. it was just Tusk. Like, <laughs> like that, just like, you know, creepy, t- creepy sort of like low budget horror vibes, you know, but I don't oh, know yeah. Th- that, that, that would be cool in the Marvel universe. I don't know if that vibe would be cool for the creation of Mr. Sinister. Like I want I think this creation of Mr. Sinister being dark and really rated R or whatever would be cool. But I don't know about Kevin Smith for Sinister.
1: They keep talking about rocks on. It's one of those other things that's just a uh, thing they leave out there and it shows up in everything. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure somehow that's connected to Essex Corpse and or I don't know. I feel like it it keeps popping up, and they don't actually do anything with it. And I'm like, those are the things I don't like. They
0: did it (laughs) a lot in um, the TV shows a little more. They did it in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and they did a little more Roxxon stuff uh, in Peggy Carter, uh, or Agent Carter. Hmm. Like, there were just some, like, it it was really neat. They kept kind of just, like, the different bad guys just kept having ties to Roxxon. And now they've they've done it in Loki. Um, It definitely feels like they could totally do something with Roxxon or or tie it to Essex Corpse, like you, like you were saying. Give us a little more background on what Roxxon is and who – because it's always this evil thing, like, but they've never explained why Rock. I guess just Roxxon is just evil because they're a corporation in this universe, but, like, <laughs> which, you know, I'm not totally opposed to that idea, but, like, <laughs> I kind of wish there was, like, a good, like, sinister uh, – no no pun intended – character at the mm-hmm. at bet behind Roxon. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Good job, Eric. I like that. Joey Mitch says, Hey, everyone. I have a theory for the ending of Echo that I don't believe anyone has mentioned yet, and I apologize if I missed it, if so. Uh, Hopefully, this doesn't get pushed into the pile too far. No, only a few weeks. Only a few weeks past uh, when it came out. (laughs) Uh, During the episode 5 reaction, you were saying that you think Maya healed Fisk during the hammer scene, but I don't think that happened after all. I think that that is what she was trying to do, but he never actually handed her the hammer, uh, before they came back to the real world. I think they were using the hammer as a symbol for his past trauma and his anger. And if he had handed her the hammer, she may have healed him. Uh, when he came back, he said, what did you do? Um, which you could theorize is just him basically saying, uh, that was really weird and made me feel weird thoughts. Thanks for everything.
1: Um, Sure. Maybe. Yeah. He it, it did sound like a what did you do to me kind of like yeah. what did you do to me kind of what did you do. But it's possible.
0: Yeah. I well I think like if even if he didn't get healed maybe he maybe it was a I think that scene is supposed to be revelatory to the audience and to him about his pain like how his like source of his trauma and his source for his entire like Villainy and like what he's done, what he does with his life is this this thing he's never put down, and the way he thinks of that hammer as a source of strength, it's actually it's just a source of pain, and it's a source that's he's trapped, he's trapped in that room, you know. And I think like mm. even if he didn't get out, which I think Joey's interpretation here is, is great, I actually like it a lot. Mm-hmm. I like the idea that like this is introducing the idea that that hammer. Is supposed to be put down, and like he now has the choice over time to think about it. We could return to that hammer just like we return to the cufflinks as like a symbol of of that that one episode. Now we can return to the hammer as this like source of like you know he's thinking about whether he should let this hammer go, you know,
1: yeah, one of the funniest memes I saw after that episode came out was it was like a picture of Darcy and it was showed the picture of the hammer in the daredevil series and then the hammer from echo and it's different mm-hmm. and she was like the hammer got recast <laughs> and yeah. I was like why would you do that it's such an easy thing to make sure you get right
0: i know it really is and like <laughs> it really annoys me on a big level because like okay first off you could just get a hammer that looks close enough like you could scour all the hardware stores and find the hammer that looks close enough Like, it doesn't even have to be perfect. You can mold one. Just really close. But that's the thing. That's the thing that drives me crazy. These are the people who, like, forge Mjolnirs, like, in in real forges and, like, have real metal objects created for these, like, fantasy elements, but they can't get a freaking hammer from the other series, correct? It makes me really mad.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. What the hell, Marvel? What the hell? I
1: know. Though, I wouldn't even have noticed if somebody didn't. Post that.
0: Me neither, hundred <laughs> percent. Unless I watch those two episodes really close together, never would yeah, have noticed. But and it is funny. They're counting on us not noticing.
1: Yeah, they're like, maybe nobody's going to look into it. It's like that yeah. man's playing Gatago. We noticed.
0: <laughs> Even we didn't, but we did. But <laughs> um, That is so exactly what Star Trek has been doing to us forever. They like change little things about the ships or this or that, <laughs> and they're and, and for a long time, it was just like. Hey, eh, you know the, the the fans won't notice, but then like especially the things they did, you know, fifty years ago on an episode that was slightly different, and like people are still complaining about it to this day because they had yeah. no idea what fandom would be at this point and how the the little things we would focus in on.
1: That's so funny. Yeah. They hate us. <laughs> yeah,
0: they they've created this thing in in Star Trek now, and it yeah I I hate it. Uh, my buddy Dave from Star Trek Universe podcast like. He likes it. He thinks it's like relieving, but they have this thing they call the temporal war. And sometime within between like now in the show and like the 30th century, there was a war that caused a bunch of time travel. And so they can kind of like get away with the fact that things are a little different. Oh, yeah, it's a Mm -hmm. temporal war. Like the temporal war caused some changes. It's all good. (laughs) And like, I hate that. I am like, no, that means everything's different. You change one thing, butterfly effect, man. They're like, oh yeah, all the stuff's still canon. It's just little little aesthetic changes. I'm like, no, that's not how it would work.
1: No. <laughs> uh, tisk tisk, Star Trek.
0: Tisk tisk, Star Trek. I love you. <laughs> I love you, Star Trek. Um, Kelly McKim says, "Hey, Matt, Jeff, Ashley, and any guest pandas. Uh, I'm mind blown. I've now watched the Loki finale." episode three times, and it just gets better and more heartbreaking each time. This is not at all how I expected this to end, and yet it feels perfect. I'm not sure how deeply metaphorical the writers were going with the episode. During my first watch, I was kind of put off by the ending for Sylvie and Mobius, especially. It just felt sad and without in fulfilling any real purpose for their characters. After watching again, I'm just wondering if each of the team members' endings represented a resolution that Loki never really got in his life. Uh, Mobius uh, represents Loki's acceptance of Odin's death. Odin continues to watch his kids from somewhere in the ever after but can no longer interact with them. Ooh. Uh, B-15 steps up to the leader Loki always wanted to be. Victor Timely is returned to his timeline to live his destined life free of influence of lies and manipulation, much like Loki could have lived if he had never been adopted. Sylvie uh, gets to find herself and explore possibilities without the giant burden of being a god. I don't know if this was intentional or if I'm obsessing over it uh, because I'm so sad the story has reached a conclusion. Uh, I hope uh, that we see each of these characters again in the MCU. I have loved each of the Disney Plus shows, except uh, except for the last episode of Secret Invasion. But hey, maybe that was one of the timelines that died in the trail of flailing noodles. <laughs> one <laughs> can dream. <laughs> But Loki has been my favorite. I can't wait to hear your thoughts. Laters, Gators. Kelly. Ooh. Ooh. Some deep stuff there from Kelly. What do you think?
1: Yeah. um, Yeah. I mean, all of that definitely works out. And I understand what, what they're saying. It was just kind of like Sylvia and Mobius were like, well, Loki's there. That's it. All right. I'm going to go. You, I'm going to go. And I, I felt the same way, too. Um, but, yeah, when you sit with it a little bit more and if you start to break it down with all this different stuff, it, it does line up. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Well, and I think that two two major things. Uh, firstly, I think the reason some of the other characters' stories feel less final and less fulfilling is because they're less final. Um, right. I think that Loki was intended – this was intended to be Loki's final episode, I think. Now, maybe he'll come back for some sort of, like, little thing with, with Thor in the future. We all want it. It would be great, Secret <laughs> Wars. Please give us that. But th- this was supposed to be his big finale, and I think that like the other characters, they're they're clearly setting them up to have future adventures. They're all going right. to do future things. The TVA still exists. They could come out with a TVA show or a Mobius show or a Sylvie show or what they could call it Loki, and it's still since Sylvie's a Loki variant, you know, it could still be, um, it it could be. Loki season three, and it's about exactly what is Loki doing on the throne? How is his grabbing those timelines having an effect on the timeline? Like, what is he? What is it allowing? You know,
1: right? So, right, right, right. So,
0: I think that's the main reason that they they feel less fulfilling because they're not over. Um, and it, yeah, it, the show is so good. I want all the show, all the characters to have a fulfilling ending. But it is beautiful that they Marvel. I think it operates at its best when it is allowing for a finale for a character that we don't need to come back to. Um, lo- lo- like Iron Man, like Captain America, like Loki, a little less like Black Widow. I think there's some un un like fulfilled things there. Um, yeah, but like when those characters actually die, it they do a good job of like letting them die, and maybe they'll come back in the future. But for now, we have these fulfilling endings for them. You know,
1: right, right. Um, I agree.
0: Secondly, though, I really like Kelly's idea here. Like it's well not only is it nice and metaphorical and like cool if that they've intended to do that um it's cool that Kelly noticed all those connections even if it's not i i do think there's very big possibility she is over obsessing about that and like those are not intended but like they're cool connections and that you drew and that's that's rad um, that's what we do here that's what we do here but um what it also makes me think about is like the idea that he's holding on. We, we've talked a lot about, and a few of these more more of these feedbacks, I think, are going to be about like what is happening when Loki's holding on to the timeline. We've talked about: is he fighting Kang somehow? Is he just giving life to the timeline? Is he is he directing these stories in some way? He's the god of stories. Is he is he creating timelines? Like, what is he doing? You know, right. and uh, in this interpretation, what I kind of like is that like maybe. He's a character who has learned a lot. And we didn't get to see a lot of the really wise Loki. Like, he became (laughs) wiser over the course of the series. But in that last episode, he spent however many thousands of years trying to prepare for the end and became a character who had seen a lot of loss. He's seen a lot of pain. He's been wronged. He's been, like, lied to, manipulated. He's had a lot of bad things happen to him in his life in various different ways. Mm -hmm. And he's learned to be a hero, and he's learned, like... Not only to be a hero, but what being a, like, person in pain feels like and all these things. And, like, it's interesting the idea that, like, he could be holding on to these timelines and maybe trying to guide them in ways or something. You know, like, he's yeah. guiding these characters to stories that would be fulfilling that he sees because he's been through so many things. Um, that's a really beautiful interpretation of that. I think it's really cool. And maybe, maybe the god of stories is sitting there at the end of time. like you know, somehow creating or manipulating the stories in a way that, like, help all these characters find fulfillment.
1: Yeah, that is a fun way to look at it, because we just have always had um, angry adolescent goth kid Loki. Like, that was who <laughs> he was in the beginning. He was just that, I hate you, dad, and I hate my brother, and mom, I kind of hate you, but I'm not gonna do it to your face. You know, and it's yeah. just, it is just, it is interesting to see how much he changed I mean, we've talked about it a million times Mm -hmm. from just the first season to the second season. And it can be a little abrupt because, I mean, it did seem like he was just like, I'm going to do this thing. It did kind of seem very Loki. He was just like, I'm going to go ahead and make this choice. I'm not going to think about any of the other consequences or whatever might happen because of it. I'm going to make this choice and I'm going to do it. I'm going to save everybody, which is good. But I wonder if like now he's like, this sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Hmm. Aim alone. No.
0: Well, I think it does suck. But I think that's the choice he made. The
1: point, yeah.
0: And like, I, I think a lot of his life has sucked. It's like he's mm-hmm. been he's been a, a person who's been through a lot of stuff, and a lot of his life has been hard. But most of those hardships were thrust upon him, and this is when he chose. You know what I mean? There's a there's right. a certain amount of agency that comes. Uh, that that amount of agency comes with some fulfillment that maybe makes that stuff worth worth it. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Could also say he caused a lot of his own downfall too
0: <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, for sure well uh spe- if you don't want to cause your own downfall <laughs> you should try <laughs> zbiotics next time you have a drink uh, next time you're gonna be drinking you gotta give it a try the show is zbiotics it is a pre-alcohol probiotic drink and it is the first genetically engineered probiotic. Uh, it was invented by PhD scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking. Uh, here's how it works. Uh, when you drink, alcohol gets converted to toxic byproduct in the gut. Uh, it is that byproduct, not dehydration, uh, that's to blame for the rough next day. Zebra produces an enzyme to break this product down. Um, you just All you gotta do is remember to take it as your first drink of the night, drink responsibly, and you will feel better the next day.
1: I love... I know I've gone on and off because I am quite the drinker. Uh, I love Z-Bag. I actually like the way it tastes. Mm -hmm. It's just, it doesn't have, it's not, you you remember those five hour energy drinks or anything that comes in a little vial, I'm immediately like, how sugary is this going to be? Like, is this going to make, is this harder to take than a shot? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I, Z-Bag doesn't really have much of a, a, a taste. It's very pleasing. Yeah. I appreciate that. (laughs) It really is.
0: And we've mentioned it before, but it feels like a little potion and it feels like a little potion of protection you drink uh, before you uh, get into your drinking for the night. And it protects you from some of the bad effects the next day and makes you feel just makes you feel better, makes you feel your best the next day. Um, And that's really, really fun. Um, It's fun and weird and sciencey and cool. I dig it.
1: Yeah, it's great for concerts, because like, most concerts nowadays are uh, in the middle of the week. Mm-hmm. And I'm old, man. This The show's, the door's open at 8, the show starts at 9 or 10, you're home by 12, and you're drinking. And I can plan on, you know, confidently going to work, feeling great. You know, coming home, working out, I just have all the energy without you know any worry.
0: Mm-hmm, absolutely,
1: Super Bowl Sunday is right around the corner, and I will be drowning my sorrows of not getting in with the Eagles for a second year in a row. Oh, no, uh, <laughs> I know with with Z-biotics, I can I can drown as much of those sorrows as long as I want.
0: <laughs> well, uh, yes. Uh, so have have biotics before you uh, before you drown your sorrows or celebrate uh, for this this Super Bowl this. Uh, uh, coming week um, isn't it this week this Sunday
1: it is this Sunday Yeah, I think so uh,
0: you can go to zbiotics.com slash mcu to get 15% off your first order when you use mcu at checkout zbiotics is backed with a 100% money back guarantee so if you're unsatisfied for any reason they'll refund your money no questions asked uh, remember to head to zbiotics.com slash mcu and use code mcu at checkout for 15% off Thank you, Zebalux, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Woo! All right, and getting back to you guys' feedback, we got another Loki theory here. Kodu ninety three says, "I have a theory. I have a theory. There's a deer." <laughs> Sorry, anybody? <laughs> um, no, that's a. Uh, it's from the Buffy musical. It's one of the songs. Oh. One of the songs at the beginning is when they're all trying to figure it out. They have to. The, I have a theory, and then they they say <laughs> their theory. Um, so I can't hear that phrase without saying it. So, Superkodu93 says, I have a theory. Uh, after watching this episode, that brings me to a theory about how the entire multiverse saga could possibly end uh, involving Loki. We know by the end of episode the episode that Loki is the sole controller of all time, which makes him arguably the most powerful being in the MCU. But, I would also like to point out that Scarlet Witch, was able to control all of reality, and was also one of the most powerful beings in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Assuming that we haven't seen the last of Elizabeth Olsen, my working theory is that when we get either Kang Dynasty or Secret Wars, the only people who could ever have potentially stopped Kang or Doom are six people who, have, who each have the abilities that correspond to each stone in the Infinity Gauntlet. Um, It's a crazy Mm. theory, but I think Wanda and Loki could be two out of the six people who have the powers to stop Kang or Doom. Um, Anyway, that was all. Love to hear you guys' thoughts on this. Am I crazy for thinking this? (laughs) Could you think of anybody else who could be seen uh, on that list uh, with Wanda and Loki? Laters, gators. Hashtag glorious purpose. Hashtag fun is infinite. Love it. Hmm. So, hmm. first off, just like our last uh, l- listener who wrote in, yes, you're crazy. Yes, you're obsessed. This is this is a this is a deep crazy theory. And we also probably I love it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I-, I love it. It's a lot of fun. And I we always get these. Like we get a lot of these sorts of feedbacks where it's like, what if these things map on to the the infinity stones because it like we were also trained to do that after years of the infinity saga. Um, Mm -hmm. so I don't know if it'll map onto that, but I do like the idea a lot of needing these characters from time and space that maybe were villains when we last saw them like Loki, uh, which he'll be a villain last time the characters in the, you know, right. the, 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 uh, the, the movie had seen him. And then, uh, Wanda who like, you know, last time they saw her she was she was dying after resurrecting zombie monsters and stuff. So it would be really rad if they brought in these characters that we hadn't seen in a while and they needed to join forces to like stop the threat.
1: Yeah. I mean I guess uh not villain wise. Who who else do we have? We have uh Captain Marvel.
0: Yeah. Captain Marvel who
1: else I, I, is the stones at this point. Well see
0: Captain, Captain Marvel's tough because she is the she got her power from the space stone but I think of her as more of like a power hero um yeah but she did get her powers from the space stone well, well let's go through the stones so like we got the space stone like is there anyone that like controls space can b- bop around in space you know
1: The Silver Surfer. Are we talking about all over?
0: (laughs) I mean, could be.
1: Because they could bring new characters in, really, to do this. Absolutely. That's why I want to kind of go away from the Infinity stuff because it's so hard to let go of as it is. (laughs) So that would be a really good uh, way to bring in X Men or or people from, you know, Fantastic Four or different adventures or whatever.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I'm trying to think of characters. I was just thinking of using the stones as like a rubric for like the other four we're looking for. Like, are there good space people? Like, would there be a good. I mean, you could say Captain Marvel because she got her powers from the Space Stone, but yeah, I don't know.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: then you've got, like, like, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's definitely people. Like, another very powerful person that would be interesting would be the uh, Love or Eternity. Like, that character's right. out there. Um, absolutely could be someone they'd call on. and And you just get these, like, crazy powerful, you know, all reality Scarlet Witch, all time mm. Loki, Um, you know, this this love character that has... We don't even know what her powers really... How they will manifest yet, but they're amazingly powerful.
1: Yeah.
0: And, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Who else do you consider, like, the most powerful characters? Like, I do think Captain Marvel's up there.
1: In what we have as the MCU now, or, or just in or all from of from any
0: of the... Uh, stuff that might be coming in, sure.
1: Ooh, a Jean Grey would be very powerful.
0: Oh yeah, ooh yeah. Phoenix Force Jean Grey showing yeah,
1: up. Yeah, well, that's what they would have to do—the whole Phoenix saga before we even. Unless they they do a bold move and just bring her in already having the Phoenix Force when she can control it. Maybe they think that story's done. I think they're
0: very likely going to bring in characters from the Fox X Men in their current forms, and then we're also going to get new X Men. Like, I I just don't see them. At this point, with with Deadpool coming in, I don't see that they're not going to bring in the old X Men to connect. But I also think they're going to start, as they've done with Kamala Khan, start seeding X Men into the or seeding mutants into the new universe that will eventually need to like form up to become yeah. the X Men.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think, there's there's so many. I just can't wait till to start pulling. I just yeah. can't wait till they start bringing people in. I can't wait for Deadpool.
0: Yeah, me too.
1: What's gonna happen?
0: <laughs> what. Are- See, so yeah, like
1: for me, I, I'm gonna, I'm
0: gonna do the exercise just to see if anybody pops into my head. So we got the Power Stone. Is there like the, who's the most powerful? What would be the like to, to me imme- immediately? I go to Nova because, like, if they do Nova and like they go back and he was guarding the Power Stone when it was like taken by Thanos, and at the same time oh, he's yeah. guarding the Power Stone all of the other novas are killed and he's guarding the power stone. Like suddenly he's like, maybe he's infused with power from the power stone, but he's at least infused with the power from all the other Nova core that have died. So like suddenly he's just maybe, maybe they, maybe they had like whatever technology the Nova core is using to like funnel their power into one another. if, If at least that's how I think it works from comics. Um, yeah, maybe they were starting to power it using the power stone. And then like all of that power stone energy gets like, funneled into richard rider or whatever
1: oh that'd be cool yeah that'd be cool it could be a
0: badass power uh power representative for that um <laughs> hmm. uh, what are the other stones soul who's the who's the most soulful in the mcu
1: <laughs> man this, yeah that's kind of hard who who's the heart of like
0: you know what, it, <sighs> you know what they could do they could if they, if they did this, like, and we're 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 talking about this crazy theory uh, from Super Kodu, which I think is I think it's bonkers, but I enjoy the the, the exercise, so it's fun. Yeah, um, yeah. They could use that moment to give Nat the closure because she was sacrificed oh. for the Soul Stone, and she is kind of like the like like her and Hawkeye were always kind of like the soul of the team in many ways. Especially during the Blip, she was the soul of the team, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. They could bring her back
0: to do mm. to do that. I don't know.
1: Definitely do that. You could bring the Watcher in at some point. He was super powerful. Oh, yeah, he's just finally like I've had enough of watching all this stuff. Now I have to get involved. Oh yeah, I mean <laughs>
0: if you just want to do just god level characters like you've got yeah. like like you said like he said Loki Scarlet Witch, uh, Uatu, Nova. Captain, like all the century. C- century, yeah, which they're trying to bring century in. Um, oh, yeah. Superman analog, so that's a whole thing. Mm. What's the what stone am I missing? My brain is not getting to the the sixth stone.
1: There's soul power,
0: reality, space, reality.
1: What was what's the H1 What we were the Heimdall one? Was that the soul stone? Oh, I'm trying to think of when we did the. Didn't what yeah, it was like I
0: Thanos? Was the Soul stone. <laughs> I mean by colors. We could do it by colors. Time stone. Well time- oh, that was stone. that was Loki. So yeah, oh, we're okay. saying Scarlet Witch for the reality red. Loki is green for time stone. It does line up really well. <laughs> it does. <laughs> like it's it does. it's kinda it's kinda crazy. Or maybe your theory isn't as crazy as I'm saying, Kodu. So <laughs> but I'm missing a stone and I can't get to it from my brain.
1: I know, I don't understand, like Which, what color are you missing? Purple is it the power? We have the power, the soul, the mind stone. Mind stone. space stone. That's the one we haven't
0: talked about. So the mind stone, Charles Xavier has to be the mind stone. Charles Xavier, yeah. Has to be the mind stone. Or uh, Jean Grey possibly, but
1: Mm -hmm. yeah. You could do power, you could do Magneto. It depends on what side he would be for, (laughs) for power. Mine could be Xavier and then soul could be Jean because Jean was like... Everything, and I feel like a lot of the X-Men stuff goes around with Jean. Mm-hmm. She's, like, the heart of of the X-Men. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, and you gotta think, like, all of these, you mentioned, like, depending on which side he's on, but, like, all of these characters that we're talking about are kind of fall on both sides, which is kind of fun mm-hmm. uh, that we could, like, have, you know, we just need the most powerful characters because Kang or or Doom is such a big threat that we just need everyone's power, with the power level that is um, commiserate with this has to step in, you know? Yeah. Which is always some of the most fun stories because then you get these cool interactions between people who completely disagree but have to work together.
1: Yep, I love that. Me too. I hope we get an X-Men versus Avengers.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Me too. Um. Okay. Justin Alexander says, First off... I do remember calling y'all Jam at one some point, though I don't know if I was the first. However, I ended up uh, in the top 7% of your listeners, and I strive to be in the top 1%. <laughs> I will do better next year. Yeah, come on. We have a
1: lot of people claiming that they were the first one to send in Jam.
0: We did have a few. We did have a few. I dig it. Yeah. Um, I know that uh, one thing that I didn't realize... Was that um Riley, who's been doing their social media, had been calling us jam as well, like she mm. got it from somebody who stood in on the show, but they she'd been uh using it in our uh, thing like jams all together this week, so like you know that 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 I think that's popularized it to some degree, which I like it's cool <laughs> um Justin continues uh, thank you, Justin, for planning to be in the top one percent this year, I dig it um. <laughs> I think I think those top one percent always have to be people who've like gone back and listened to the whole show from the beginning, which people tend to do. Yeah. So like it's hard to compete with those folks because if you listen to every episode that comes out, there's always some people who are going through every episode, which is wild and amazing. Thank you guys for doing all that. That really means the world. That's, that that the show is uh, entertaining enough for that. Love it. <laughs> Justin Alexander continues. Okay. So, Loki was the shit, and I love the Marvels. Both properties exceeded my expectations. Uh, Loki's transition on the gangway is so rewatchable, and that series has far surpassed all the Disney Plus series for me. Something I'm curious about uh, now for each of you, including your guests from the other Stranded Panda podcasts, Uh, which Loki is your Loki now? Is it the one who Thanos snapped? Sorry. <laughs> <Ow>. <laughs> or is it the one uh, who knows what kind of God he needs to be? Hmm. The Marvels was done so well, uh, was so incredibly fun. And I, like Matt has spoken to already feel so much more connected to Carol's character than ever before. Her reason for self-isolation and not coming back to see Lieutenant trouble was so heartbreaking. Uh, The bilingualism of The Prince was so, so good. Um, Miss Marvel is a treasure, admittedly. Um, I didn't like the Disney Plus series as much as everyone, but I thought she was fantastic throughout. I've heard rumors that they removed a We Work Better as Friends line uh, from Valkyrie's interaction with Carol, uh, which is, if true, is disappointing. I think we all felt that energy between the two of them in that scene, so they definitely should have kept it. Uh, Why the hesitation, Disney? Uh, Anyways, keep jamming on and being the best MCU cast out there. Laters, Gators. Justin. Hmm. Hmm. Lots of cool stuff there. Yeah. Uh, So who's your Loki?
1: Oh, mine's still um, the the Thanos-snapped one. Mm. I like our original Loki.
0: I'm going with the, the series Loki. I just... It's just it's it, well for for one thing we still he's still the same Loki for the first half and most of the stuff I love most about Loki is in that first half I guess um like the stuff from Ragnarok I could take or leave the stuff from Dark World he's the best part he's one of the best parts of that movie but I could take or leave that parts of his character development and then uh, I, Ragnarok is fun but it's 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 still kind of more of the same I really like. I like the journey that he goes on.
1: I just would have liked to see what would have happened if when they, like, say they didn't meet up with Thanos' ship and they would have gone back. And and it, it was obvious that Loki was on already on the path of changing who he was. And we never got to see him be the hero in front of the people that we want him to, you know, the, that think he's, you know, the villain. You know, and Cap yeah. and everybody. He never got to get that hero-savior thing in front of them. That I feel like he, it's not that he needed it, but I would have liked to see it. Yeah. But at the end of Ragnarok, you could tell that he was on this path to change and him trying to, you know, stop Thanos himself. Um, I just would have liked to see what would have happened with that character.
0: For sure. For sure. I love that character. And like his, his death is tr- so tragic for that exact reason. It's like mm-hmm. the thing he always meant to do, the like change he always, he always knew he had in him. And he just yep. never had the chance to take that turn Mm-mm. mm.
1: when he did try it got him killed, <laughs>
0: yeah, he did try well, it, yeah, oh man, and then it's like was him kill trying to kill Thanos in that moment was it obviously it's a it's a good act it's a it's a great act, he's doing the right thing, but it's also him literally holding the knife to borrow the metaphor from uh uh, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Like, was it? Would it have been better if he had done something slightly different that maybe would have given the knife to someone else, or like allowed someone else to take that shot? Because he's not—he's not the strongest or best fighter. He's the deceptive one. So you know what I mean? Like,
1: right, right. It,
0: it's almost like it—it it, it reminds me of a trope that I think happens a lot in movies, where like the villain finally makes the turn and does the good guy thing. And it kills them. Like, they do something yeah. they do something good but stupid. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And I thought, I, I do like that it, it was so powerful to do it at the beginning of that movie, mm-hmm. too. It just really set the tone. Oh,
0: for sure. <laughs> so it
1: was hard to, you know, as hard as and sad as it was, I still, I'm like, my heart died with that one. <laughs>
0: mm, I, I completely understand where you're coming from. Uh, as for the the other part of this feedback, I'm talking about the Marvels, uh, did you get the vibe that there was a romance in the air between Valkyrie and Carol?
1: Yeah, I didn't think they needed to have that line in there. I already kind of guessed that there was romantic stuff with them just from the way they were interacting. Yeah. Um, and plus, if they would have said we work better as, a, as friends, it kind of puts them in the friend zone box. So right, not saying right. that kind of leaves it a little bit more open.
0: Yeah, it, it, it takes out the... Possibility that they've already had a romantic past, or like not the possibility, but it, it, it doesn't confirm a romantic past, but it also would have cut off a romantic future. So maybe, so right. maybe they maybe they held off that line for the other reason, but I don't know. I I, I think that unfortunately Disney does kowtow to forces uh, that I think oh, yeah. they should not. Uh, whether whether it's you know certain certain forces in America that are uh, anti-L. GBTQ or um, in other countries where like, though this show movie won't even be shown. So the, the money, the money talks and they just do it. They
1: have one toe in the pool and it's Mm -hmm. like, you need to jump in. Yeah. Let's stop messing around.
0: Yep. (laughs) I I agree. And like, you know, not every character has to be gay either. Like there's a lot, like (laughs) there's because there's a lack of representation in that area. A lot of characters get lumped in like, Oh, those two are friends. The two are close and they're the same sex, they're gay. And it's like...
1: "Mm." Ooh, the Tony Cap fanfic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's There's
0: fanfic for every character. So, like, I don't want to say that every character that show affection for each other and they're the same sex should be gay because it's less prevalent with uh, female characters, but for, like, male characters, it's a big thing, and it's kind of bad because now there's no representation for male friends. If you take it all that way, like, a lot of people are like, they're gay. Like, no, they're just close male friends. Like, let them be male friends. friends. It's actually kind of offensive in the other direction if you say that, like, every time a man expresses affection for another man, he's gay. You know what I mean? Like, let them have the friendship. But, like, that, yeah, it's, 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 it's complicated. It's a complicated uh, thing because you want representation for all But you don't want, yeah.
1: They have a hard time just having platonic friendships. Like, that's where we are still. You know, it's so hard to have a show. Like, I feel like Shang-Chi was one of the first ones that's done it in a long time, Mm -hmm. where the person wasn't in love with the lead, wasn't trying to fall in love, wasn't doing it for love. And I feel like, um, Cap and Natasha's relationship really gets overlooked with that because these two were just friends the entire time. Sure, they had that. There might have been. Who knows? I like to think that there was, but for the most part, they were just really good friends, and you you just don't see it that much in the movies. It's always got to have a romantic angle, or someone's got to fall in love, or this and that, and you just don't really need it. So, like, if you can get out of that, like, let's just start changing the stories the way that the stories are told. I
0: I think you're right in most cinema. I was actually thinking about it this week. I think it was when we were doing our episode last week with uh, me and Jeff, and uh, I do think that the the MCU doesn't fall into that trap as much as other um, movie properties do. Like, there's a lot of these properties that don't really have a romance angle. I think, like, so, well, like particularly the team up movies, almost never. Really, like, they don't, they just don't focus on the like romance. What? what do you mean? I'm trying to think. Like, I just don't think of these movies. Ultron,
1: Nat, and in- yeah, that's true. Captain America, him and Peggy. Then we have Wanda and...
0: Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. I just feel like when I think Daredevil about...
1: Daredevil slept with everybody, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come it's on. True, it's true, Jessica Jones with Luke Cage, plus whoever else, you know, they, yeah. ju- Luke Cage with everybody.
0: <laughs> I, I agree. I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but I do think there's like... I think it is less prevalent in the MCU than in other properties. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. But I think like there's definitely examples of romances like that's not the obviously but like I think there's less like I don't feel like every movie has to have it maybe I'm wrong
1: No they don't have to but I feel like they kind of do but, well, I can't I think of saying. one now that doesn't have it besides Shang-Chi <laughs> it's a good... Ant-Man and What's Her Face See, that's okay, Ant-Man and the Wasp I
0: guess what I'm getting at is when I think of these movies I don't think of those plot lines as much and I think that like it's because it's not that they don't exist is that they're not the focus of the movies as much.
1: Oh, well, you're not watching it like a white woman. That's, like, <laughs> porn to me. The will they won't thee, the almost kissing, the breathing in each other's faces and having to pull away. That's what I'm here <laughs> for. And then the boom, boom, bang, bang stuff. Come on.
0: <laughs> okay, okay, okay.
1: Zoned in. You Go watch Bridgerton. You'll see exactly someone, what I mean. All that. I, I
0: guess to someone who grew up on, like, you know uh ni- 90s early 2000s romantic comedies like that there's a different <laughs> level of like what you're watching a movie for um <laughs> we were watching uh i stayed in a hotel room this weekend and we watched uh serendipity and oh
1: like, kate beckett's all john cusack <laughs> and she forgot her glove
0: <laughs> it's the worst it's the worst it's terrible like it's terrible that movie is terrible, but like not only terrible, and like like the acting's terrible, the writing's terrible, everyone is terrible in it. But like like I liked it when I watched it in like the '90s. I remember being like, oh, you yeah, know, I love John Cusack. Like, of course it's pretty yeah. good. It's got John Cusack in it. And like rewatching that movie, I was like, this is the most wooden acting. You can tell that no <laughs> one in this movie is buying in at all, and it's like no one really fits the vibe of the movie. Like, it just doesn't work. The movie does not work. But on top of that, it is like one of the biggest examples of like. That like let's teach people the worst exam the worst lessons about love that there possibly is you know what I mean
1: <laughs> yeah wasn't isn't Serendipity a little is it a, a restaurant or it's a, a pastry restaurant or something
0: in the mo- actually I didn't watch the whole movie there was not a pastry restaurant oh. I, w- it, okay I'm talking I thought about.
1: That, that that was like we're gonna meet back here in Serendipity no blah, blah, blah. Well, maybe that's it's a different some... movie but I just know I always wanted to go eat that. Whatever they ate. They might have
0: eaten something good earlier. We watched like the last 30 minutes and it's just terrible. But like the the plot of the movie is something like, and I'm going to get it a little wrong, but like something like they meet and they they share this amazing few hours together. Mm -hmm. And then they decide that she decides not to give him her phone number because if they're supposed to be together, the universe will bring them back together. And so- Serendipity. Yeah, exactly. So she writes her phone number on a dollar and spins it and says if like if we're meant to be together it'll come to you or something and it like and yeah. sure enough it does 5 years later and blah, blah 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 it's a whole thing it's like it's just like the dumbest stuff like it's the dumbest possible <laughs> it's so it is not it is not romance <laughs> it is no real form of romance romance in reality it requires like both parties to work to like build that relationship not to be like i guess the universe will bring us together no if you like him give him your number
1: yeah. Nope. Nope. <laughs> when you're as hot as Kate Beckinsale, you got to make them work for it,
0: baby. <laughs> okay, but bringing it back to the MCU, um, yeah, I think that like you're right, I'm wrong. The the MCU does have a lot of examples of romance, but I guess why they don't why I like the way that it deals with romance is <laughs> romance is almost always a bit of a side thing that isn't focused on to the point of the, to the detriment of the movie itself. Like that's like, that's what I think bothers me in these kinds of movies where like, it's about like, this is about world ending stakes, but we're going to make most of the movie about these two characters falling in love. You know what I mean? Like,
1: yeah. Like Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's like, no, like we're going to war people. Like, let's like, Yes, and it's a little different because it's a love story, but I guess like what, what annoys me is when you're watching an adventure story and the characters take time away to deal with the love subplot when they should be fighting the whatever. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And, and so that I think that the MCU tends to not do that. Like it tends to have romance because characters have romance. Like Pepper and Tony fall in love, but it's like over the course of three movies, it's sort of this like in the background thing happening because you know they kind of like each other from the beginning and. Yeah, there's a few examples where it does kind of override it, and I think those are the examples that, like, I think the Bruce and Nat Nat example is particularly a good one of like, I think that that one kind of overrides the rest of the story a little bit. Like in that, like, yeah, well, well, I will say this: it overrides the story for the first bit, and I think it, it, it rightfully gets a little pushback. But I think the whole point of that is like, it's overriding the story. For Bruce, but not for Nat. Right. Like Nat makes the call right. she has to make and pushes him off that thing. I need the other guy right now.
1: Yeah. And it was just another one of the, It felt forced, and I still feel like there was no closure from that plot line. For I, sure. I still feel slapped in the face for just the. In Infinity War, when she's like, hi, Bruce, Nat. And they like, that's awkward. And then we never talk about it again. Like, I just needed a little, uh, Mm. just a little, I get it. I get it. It doesn't have to take over the whole movie, but can we have a conversation on screen?
0: Yeah. (laughs) I I do feel like, like, if they were going to continue working together, that conversation probably needed to happen. But like, since, you know, they don't, uh, basically like they, her life ends pretty quickly. Uh, Like, I think that her, her pushing him off is basically like, it's a really good, like, um, breakup basically like he's like i want to be with you like i'm all in let's do this thing and she's like Mm -hmm. nope (laughs) like it pushes him off the thing like i choose work baby
1: yeah she made the right choice yeah
0: i think so too and yeah i think that like yeah it's a it's a little bit annoying to a lot of people that 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 romance particularly i think most of the romances feel pretty natural and don't feel like they pull away from the story
1: Mm-hmm. And I get it. I get it from her point of view, being like, "Oh, this guy, you know." Her whole reasoning, like he run- doesn't he runs from a fight because he knows he'll win. Mm-hmm. I see how that can be, you know, pretty nice. And like she's into it. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Another love story that doesn't resonate with me at all, for whatever is is uh, Ant Man and the Wasp, like uh, Scott and Hope. Yeah, Scott Hope. and Hope. <laughs> I always want to call her. Yeah, I always get to go to call Hope and Janet but the the wrong names.
1: I'm just like, you're too good for her no. <laughs> <laughs> what
0: <laughs>
1: Paul Rudd is an angel, well,
0: yeah, Paul Rudd he's is a an angel. god amongst
1: men. he's everybody's he's too good for everybody. I just
0: don't ever buy their romance like it it does feel like that yeah. sort of like tacked on love story that just feels like, mm-hmm. well, we're making a movie, so it's got to have a kiss at the end,
1: yeah, well, it's like you could have just done Janet and Hank and had that love story, but now you're making this other love story, yeah. With Scott and Hope, and it's like, oh, just because you're the Wasp and Ant-Man, you have to be in love. Yeah,
0: it felt like it needed a little more time to develop, I think. Like, that kiss in the first movie what? feels like...
1: I would fall in love with Paul Rudd <laughs> pretty easily, too, so <laughs> I don't know. It's hard. Mm,
0: <laughs> like fair. I see where
1: she's coming from.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, before we move on, let's talk about our other sponsor today, Beam. That's Beam's Dream Powder that we love so very much. It
1: helps me dream that I'm falling in love with Paul Rudd.
0: Quickly (laughs) fall into those dreams so much more quickly, uh, so much more restfully.
1: I get to have the whole relationship because I stay asleep, which is very rare for me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is a science backed healthy hot cocoa for sleep. Um, And uh, we talked about it before, but it's something that's really helped all of us sleep. Like if you're having a hard time sleep, or you can just make it uh, a part of your nightly ritual, just sip on a little warm, warm hot cocoa, and you feel so. Nice and sleepy afterwards.
1: I love it. I've made my own concoctions because I think it's fun. You can flourish it a little Ooh. bit because it is like a really nice hot drink. We talk about it. You can have it in the tub. You know, I put a little chocolate <laughs> in there, a little marshmallow, and I, you know, flourish it up a little bit. I love it. It is like a. It's routine for me now. That's that's
0: so amazing. Y'all know I got a house this last year, and like that's the one thing we don't really have here is a good tub, and I, I really wish I could uh, mimic your your ritual there with the tub and the. And the, and the Beam Dream Powder.
1: <laughs> we got to take it when you go to the hotels. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Good call. Good call. Well, today our listeners get a special discount on Beam's Dream Powder, their science backed healthy hot cocoa for sleep with no added sugar. Uh, better sleep has never tasted better. Um, other sleep aids can cause next day grogginess. But Dream uh, contains a powerful, all-natural blend of reishi, magnesium, L-theanine, melatonin, and nano-CBD to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and wake up refreshed. The numbers don't lie in a clinical study 93% of participants reported dream helped them get better sleep.
1: Uh, if you want to try Beam's best-selling dream powder get up to 40% off for a limited time when you go to shopbeamcom slash pod and use code MCU pod at checkout. That's shop b slash a m.com/mcu pod and use code MCU pod for up to 40% off.
0: Yes, yes. Get it?
1: Start sleeping better.
0: Start sleeping better.
1: Get me some of that. Mm-hmm. That's sea salt caramel, baby.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Turning back to our uh, our feedback here. We got a few more. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, I didn't even realize we had another patron in this list. Sorry about that. We moved to the top. Uh, Rachel Mundy <laughs> says, uh, one of our patrons says, hi, pandas. Uh, I just listened to your Marvel's feedback episode and wanted to start by saying, Ashley, I'm so sorry someone sent you a rude slash mean message. Uh, so I wanted to send Aww. some send you some love. Um, I always love your takes and the energy you bring to the show. F the haters. You're excellent.
1: <laughs> oh, thanks, girl.
0: I agree. Aw. <laughs> I agree. Um, now I want to jump on the hype bandwagon because I love the Marvel's so, so much. Give, the, give me flurkins, give me musicals, give me complex women forgiving, loving, and holding each other up. Similar to you, my only complaint is give me more of all of it. <laughs> also, I remember after Thor Ragnarok, I sent my first feedback to you guys, hoping uh, for a Carol slash Valkyrie ship, and that hug and cameo... Cameo, have me vindicated.
1: I remember that email, actually. I absolutely remember that.
0: Love it. Love it. That scene is queer canon now.
1: (laughs) That, got it.
0: Love it. Uh, Feeling really excited about the MCU after the incredible Loki finale. Yes, I did look away every time Victor turned into spaghetti. (laughs) And the joy that was the Marvels. Um, Love the pod and network. And you guys, 3000. Rachel.
1: Oh, we love you, 3000 Rachel.
0: Yeah, for real. Um, Shit, shoot,
1: sorry, it took so long. Let me get to the feedback. I guess it was in the Marvel stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. I went through and just tried to find some good, fun stuff from all the feedback. Uh, I know. Don't ever thing. stop
1: writing in that much feedback. I mean, as you can see, we will get to it. It, it you know, but yeah. I love it. I love going through it. So, yeah, you know, even if we haven't read yours yet, just keep sending it in. It'll get there. Yeah. I
0: didn't <laughs> even realize I put two, uh, two in here that talked about Valkyrie and, uh, Buckery and Carol uh, having a relationship. Hot topic. Hot topic, apparently, yeah. Um, the, that's the other thing, is when I'm, when I'm sorting it, I try to remove things that are the same so we just don't talk about the same thing over and over, but like, yeah, uh, that one had a lot of different Sometime, stuff in it.
1: Sometimes happy accident. Yeah, happy, I like it.
0: happy accident. There we go. Um, but thank you, thank you so much, uh, Rachel, and uh, you are vindicated. They definitely have some vibes going, and uh, yep. I completely understand your need to turn away from the spaghettification.
1: <laughs> I was like all up in there, like, Oh, look at how they're doing it yeah you're 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 getting
0: close, <laughs> you're leaning in you're getting close to the screen, and rachel's uh cl- closing the eyes <laughs> <laughs> Grace Swan says, "Hey y'all, uh, listening to the latest episode of the MCU podcast and loving Ashley and Matt throwing out ideas for the genre of hitman romantic comedy. Uh, <laughs> and as soon as Ash, man, okay, I did not realize I put these three t- together. This we is are very, on the lesbian. This train. is a very lesbian <laughs> uh, heavy. Three, three Woo! feedbacks. I love it.
1: Here uh, for it." <laughs>
0: Uh, and as soon as Ash mentioned a Kate Bishop, I was like, "Bingo!" A Kate <laughs> Bishop, a Kate Bishop hitman romantic comedy featuring everyone's favorite little sister assassin Yelena uh, would be golden. Yelena continuing her killing for hire gig all while getting friendly with our favorite wannabe Avenger, Kate Bishop. After seeing them on screen briefly in Hawkeye, I think uh, they would be so charismatic and chaotic at the same time. If they were trying to pursue a relationship all while being so vastly different in their approach to heroing, uh, would love to see it. For all time, always grace.
1: I'm with you, Grace. I'd absolutely love that, and I think those two characters would be fun with it. Yeah, they could just keep them bi curious, even just have fun with everybody. Yeah,
0: it could. <laughs> it, it, they could. They could. And that's thing. Like, I, I with or without the romance part of that plot line. I think I, we. I don't think we've ever talked about it, but I think the two of them and like a like whatever some sort of assassin road trip movie would be I love amazing. It. I love it. Love that idea. I Love that idea. And like, yeah, make it, make it a, a some some sort of romantic relationship or not. I'm down either way. But like, I just love those two characters. I would love to see them interact more. Uh, they 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 only had a few scenes together, but like, it, we all remember how connected they are. And I think with the ending of the Marvels, like clearly they're setting up them all to be together in some way.
1: Yeah, and I just hope the whole time Yelena just keeps calling her Gate Bishop, (laughs) Gate Bishop. Why are you so angry, Gate Bishop? I really
0: like that in the context of a uh, of a love romance relationship. Like (laughs) just holds holds the back of her head, like romantic looks in her eyes. I love you, Kate Bishop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you're so annoying, Kate Bishop, but I still love you. <laughs> just
0: keep keep calling her by her full name the entire time.
1: The whole time. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: apparently, this next one's from Hooker Magnificent.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I
0: love it. Hello, everyone. Uh, I hope all is well and the sun is shining on you today. I've been thinking a lot lately about everyone mentioning Tiamat and a few other big moments that no one has talked about or mentioned in the MCU. It's popular subject to talk about nowadays. Uh, while Tiamat is huge and insane as hell, it did happen in the middle of the ocean, uh, the middle of nowhere. Really, how many eyes were actually on the moment at, as it occurred? talking about the celestial uh, coming right. from, from the ocean. Um, Weren't
1: people on the beach seeing that stick out of the water? Or I is don't that think so. A different film.
0: I think it was a different film. Uh, okay. I think it was just in the middle of the ocean, as far as I okay. remember. But you, you may be right. I, I haven't rewatched in a while. Um, it can very easily not be spoken about. But I honestly keep thinking to myself, how in the hell has not a single person or egg, I <laughs> guess he means Twitter egg, uh, pointed know. to the fact that a 250-foot tall alligator was fighting a 250-foot tall bird skeleton uh, with a robe and a stick uh, and a, at the Great Pyramids? Millions would have watched and filmed and gone live. Uh, I think it would have consumed the news, right? I don't know. It bothers me. Weird. LOL. Thanks, guys. Hooker Magnificent.
1: <laughs> they could be like, it was just a drone show. It was just yeah, a fireworks oh, and yeah. drone and yeah. LED screen shows. That was really, did you guys like it? Wasn't it great?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have a different take on this. Like I and, and I may be wrong. I did actually go back and rewatch the scene this morning when I read this feedback. Because I, like, I, I, I thought I remembered thinking
1: this. Good. Remind me. I can't remember.
0: Um, I'm not sure they were visible to n- everyone. Like, I think okay. they might have been visible to the avatars and no one else. because oh. But they are affecting the world. They're fighting. They're big 250-foot monsters fighting, and it was Remember. awesome. At one point, Ahmet, like, swings a staff through the, a crowd, and you see, like, cars get knocked over and stuff. So, like, you're seeing their effects on the world. But as they're moving, there's also dust all around it. It almost looks like the wind is doing it, you know what I mean? If, if oh, there was no yeah. stick there. And I'm wondering... If the only people who actually see what's going on are the avatars, but then it breaks down a little bit because at the end of the fight, uh, it lo- it appears that Ahmet is beating Kanshu when finally Moon Knight and the Scarab have a uh, harrow on the ground or whatever. So like, it, it does seem like for a while though that they're mirroring each other. But my thinking is that they don't actually appear to anyone. And the re- my evidence for this is if you watch the scene, there are people just like eating dinner, like two blocks away. Like it shows people eating dinner (laughs) and then a car like flies through and like lands and like knocks stuff over. Like it starts affecting Egypt for sure. But it almost feels like it was just like wind was knocking things around. If you couldn't see the big figures, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. You'd be like, what in the sandstorm? Exactly.
0: (laughs) What in the sandstorm? What in the mummy hell? (laughs) What in the Brendan Fraser? (laughs) <laughs> is going on it's the here?
1: The third plague? No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um, that that's my theory behind that. But I don't know. Uh, but because we do see like a bunch of people running through the streets, but they're never they're never running until some physical object comes and crashes. Like there's these two big creatures st- standing above the city, but then you look down at the people and they're just kind of strolling through the squares.
1: Yeah, no, everyone would be staring at that like they were kaijus. Exactly. You know, you'd be like, what is happening? Exactly. So that's
0: my headcanon, and I don't know if it's real or not, but that's my headcanon and my evidence for my headcanon. And I may have missed something, but it seems like only the servants and the avatars of the different deities can see them. Cool. And maybe just the, the uh, avatars. I don't know if the... Because remember, like... Ahmed at the end had all those servants who, and he was actually sucking the souls out of them. that's the other thing, a bunch of souls were being sucked out. So Pete, it would definitely have hit the news because people were dying left and right just in (laughs) Egypt. So like, it would have been a newsworthy item, but it seems like some sort of sickness went through. And who knows, S.H.I.E.L.D. could have shown up and like covered up some stuff or whatever. Yeah. Like you said, yeah, it was a drone show.
1: I forgot about all the people dying.
0: Yeah. Ahmed, like. I think he murders all his followers and then just, like, starts mm. murdering other people. That's right. Like, just sucking right. their souls so that he gets more powerful and then grows. Or she. She, the alligator's the she. uh, So mm-hmm. that she gets more powerful and grows. It's, it's crazy. Very cool. Very, very cool scene. Um, And the scarab is so much fun in that episode. Oh, yeah. I Love it. I'd I, Gorgeous. Yeah, the overall tone of that show and how good it is, like, I... They had, like, hadn't rewatched in a while. And so I went back to watch that scene and it blew me away. It was so good.
1: That's my problem with this. Like, this is what my problem And we talk about it every week, I feel like, with mm-hmm. Marvel. It's like, I don't want to forget about that. And I don't forget about it. And I forget how much I love it because we haven't talked about it in what? When did that show come out? Two years ago?
0: Right. Yeah. Hey, well, g- it's not a thing. You need to give me a reason to rewatch it by having him pop up somewhere, having him mentioned, having like, something Anything. happen. Yeah. Um, and I know we're talking about it too much. I know we're probably like over harping on the whole like give us connectivity thing, but like, give us connectivity. <laughs> Can't
1: stop, won't stop.
0: <laughs> all right, Stephen Robert Charis over on Instagram says hi, Ash. Ooh, specifically to Ash. Ooh. She 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 used to <laughs> cover all our Instagram. So assuming that's how he's missing you. Um, hi, Ash. I just wanted to let you know that I have listened to the MCU podcast for the past year very religiously, and that you are. Awesome. Uh, I don't know the era before you, but can hardly imagine it uh, since you are so good in it. I like your voice and your enthusiasm. You three are fun to hear when I come home or go to work, especially after a movie or a show came out. Um, anyway, in a social media world that can be ugly and negative, I wanted to take a minute or two uh, to write uh, write you how much I love your work in the cast and Matt and Jeff as well. Uh, take note that your voices are traveling way up north to Quebec, Canada. Um, have a very nice day. Can't wait for the next release. Thank you, Stephen.
1: Yeah, thanks, Stephen. Very nice. That's very nice. sweet. I got a lot of love this episode. It's yeah. nice. And they're right. I mean, it is. The Social media is a very, you know, the internet can be a very ugly place.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it can. Yes, it can. Um,
1: and yeah, like messages like this can really... It re- reinvigorates everything that I love doing with the cast, and just you know, yeah, me too. Reminds you, like, oh, people are listening as far as Northern Quebec. Like, it isn't just. Sometimes it can just feel like I'm just talking to you because, oh. and I get it, a lot of the listeners get that. Cause you, I feel like I could just have these conversations with you, yeah, just me and you, sure. whether anyone absolutely. was listening or not. And sometimes I forget when we're doing it that it's going to thousands of people. Yeah. So I love that people feel that energy from us. Yeah, yeah,
0: it, absolutely. I, <laughs> I, 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 we've often uh, we we talk about what is this podcast like? What are we doing? And like we we've said it on we've said it as an intro before, but like having conversations that fans do, like that's what we're doing. Like we're not, and that friends do. We're not trying to like. We're not trying to be reporters. Like that's the thing, like other shows on the you know, like we we've talked about uh someone someone wrote it a while back, like, why did y'all start multiverse news? Don't you talk about MCU Cast New MCU News? Like we do, but we don't like report on it. We're like talking about it and like geeking right. out about it. Like this is a fan show where we're just like talking about the thing we like. Um yeah, it's just it's just it's it's fun. And like I I as someone who listened to a lot of podcasts before this. Before, before we started this like a lot of what that did for me and i think what we get a lot of messages from people it's like i didn't have time to just sit around and hang out with my friends and talk about marvel for an hour every week anymore you know <laughs> like i used to be that i would like be on the phone or do whatever with like friends hours or two every week and it's really nice to have that sort of conversation be able to like sort of like listen in and communicate with us uh, like through the through the social media and stuff um mm-hmm. it's just a, it's just a great it's, I love doing this. I love doing this, and I yeah, really glad that people out there resonate
1: well, that's why the feedback episodes are fun because you get to hear our opinions all the time, so when you get to throw other people's opinions in there, it does keep the conversation going. Oh, yeah,
0: for sure. <laughs> yeah, it would be very hard to do the show if it was just insular, like especially <laughs> yeah. especially in the months like this where there's no no content like we can come up with episodes that are like a little more you know top five this or top ten this or whatever. And those are fun, too. But, like, this, just the conversation and keeping it going by infusing the listeners is the shit. It's the shit. He is the shit. Um, all right. Well, that is about all the feedback that I had loaded up for today. Yeah. That was good. It was a lot of fun. Thank you guys so much for sending it in. And uh, keep it coming. We're in the middle of a, um, of a drought of content. We don't even know when it's coming out next. Like, I know july i think is the next thing uh i won't say may this time like i did last time and get lots of emails um because i messed up but uh deadpool 3 comes out july 26th and that's the next thing we know about now there's other i think we'll get more but it's kind of crazy so uh as we said last week if you are out there and you're a patron at the 15 dollar level or above we do uh um commissioned episodes send those in we would love to get Uh, find the time to do some commissioned episodes in this time and make sure we're uh, getting all that for you guys.
1: It's funny that I was teasing someone in the Facebook chat and I just wanted them, because I know they listen and I just wanted them to know for sure I was joking with them. They, you know how I love our correction posts. Mm. So they wrote, they were like, I just want to know if anybody told Jeff and Ashley that they were wrong about where Dracula was in the Matrix, because it was in the first Matrix where Trinity met Neo in the club.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So I... I get it. I'm laughing because I was like, you're writing a correction email, but you said it was Jeff. So I kind of really leaned in on that. (laughs) And then then he changed the post. I was like, no, if you change the post, then it's not funny anymore. But I really, (laughs) I was getting a kick out of the irony because I was definitely teasing him about
0: it. I really appreciate that uh, my follies get blamed on Jeff.
1: Yeah, I should have just, I should have (laughs) just shut my mouth. (laughs) I was like, I give you the whole history of the word dracula, and this is what you got out of it? That yeah. Jeff said it was... Yeah, other.
0: well, I, I am the one that made that mistake. Sorry. I could have sworn <laughs> it was later. But yeah, I, I hear that now, uh, thinking back on that scene.
1: He was so... I can't remember... I think it was Mark. I can't remember his name, but I just... Yeah, if you're listening, just know I was teasing you, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it came off as a different way, because I thought it was hilarious.
0: Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it, it's 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 so funny. I feel like I get in trouble in my real life a lot with that, like... A joke is too good, and so I go for the joke, and then it, yeah. it really hurts someone's feeling, or like, steps on their toes, or like, and then they start to, defa- like, whenever you say a joke that is purely meant because the joke was funny, not because you meant any kind of whatever, and then they start like backpedaling, or uh, like, um, was defending themselves, like, no, 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 it's a joke, yeah. it's totally a joke, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and see, like, I, I'm a little mean spirited, but I think that, that, like, I'm a ball buster. I've always been. It's just, I can't help myself. It's just what I do. And we've been trying to watch all of Curb Your Enthusiasm before the, the new season came out today. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, seven seasons in and larry starts to come out of me a little bit because that is like (laughs) i just want to be nobody says that but i want to be larry david i want to be 450 million dollars worth of i know i can say and do whatever i want and even if it's a little mean sometimes you know people deserve it that starts to bleed out of me and i gotta stop (laughs) because i am not a 450 dollar millionaire who could just you know do whatever
0: do do you watch seth myers at all sometimes um he he had he had Larry David on this week and it was oh, yeah? really funny um it felt like an episode of curb like larry fully <laughs> just like played his larry david character and like yes. seth sort of like plays back at him and it's really good the whole interview is really funny it's really funny in a way that almost feels like it could have been a full episode of curb like it's really Let's... really good
1: My favorite part about that show, and I'm only going to bring it up again because it's the last season, I think everyone should watch it. And I don't think enough people know. The show's completely unscripted. Yes. There's no script. There's just an outline. So everything that they're doing is just off the top of their heads. And that's like the kind of comical genius I wish I was. And like you have such a better appreciation for what they're doing on the show when you realize there's just an outline and nobody has a script. Mm -hmm. It's just so realistic. I love it. I love it so
0: much. It's really great. Really, really great. And uh, it's a funny, funny, funny show. Uh, so, yeah, I'm excited to see where his character ends up for the final season, because, like, you know, he...
1: It's not gonna be good, I'm sure. I know,
0: right? <laughs> like, he put the Seinfeld cast in jail. Like, that's, like, how he... <laughs> basically, <laughs> for being People like were he so is... so
1: mad! They were so mad about that. Right,
0: right. For being like him on... Like, he is in, the sh- in Curbed, he put them in jail. So, like... How, what's he going to do to himself? You know, because he also, like, loves to be that. Like, he loves to be that character. Apparently, uh, one of the things they talked about in Seth Myers was, like, apparently he, like, had a fight with Elmo that morning on the Today Show. Like, he, like, yeah, I don't know. It just sounds really, really funny.
1: Like the Sesame Street character? Yes,
0: like the Sesame Street character. He's
1: like, go to hell, Larry David, <laughs> No, like, <laughs>
0: apparently he, like. Physically attacked Elmo, which I don't know. I didn't. I haven't seen it yet, and I really want to because it, it sounds like he's just going around doing these interviews and acting like his character from Curb instead of like just doing like, oh, it was a good make the show. Like he's just acting like his character from good. Curb. It sounds super fun. Um, I need <laughs> to look up the Elmo and him interaction on the Today Show. Yeah,
1: send it to me if you find it. I
0: will. I will. Uh, all right, guys. Well, uh, we will be back. Uh sometime this week with more podcasts and lots of things to do uh check out our sponsors if you get a chance Let's, those are Z-Biotics and Beams Dream Powder though they're we really appreciate them sponsoring the show keeps keeps the show coming and thanks to all the patrons who've uh, keep the show going as well uh
1: we love you patrons we love you
0: so much and we will be back very soon uh, oh, I meant to mention. I meant to talking about it earlier. Sorry, I keep being derailed from ending the show. But we also have a. We're going to have another Patreon hangout this week. Um, so if you're a patron, you can come and join the hangout. Um, and uh, yeah, so check out the Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com/slash and uh, we'll be back soon doing that.
1: Peace. Until next time, true believers.
0: Hey, you just listened to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast from Stranded Panda. I really hope you liked it. Let me just say a big thank you to all of our supporters on Patreon.com slash MCUCast. You are the lifeblood of our little operation here. And a huge HUGE thank you to our insanely generous Illuminati tier patrons Walter Kreisky III, Lieutenant Bongo, and Jazz Viz. You guys are amazing. If you'd like to see our beautiful faces, you can catch a video version of many of our episodes at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. Love you 3,000, my friends.